We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back packers fans pack a day podcast the thursday edition the weekend is almost here that's why you love us, among other reasons. I am half of the Pack-A-Day Thursday podcast crew. That was terribly worded. Jason Perone, you can find me on Twitter at Jason Perone. I'm over on threads as well. I think it's at Jason Perone 25. I don't use the, the Instagram or <laughs> as much. So I had to think about my handle for a second there. And I'm also over at Game on Wisconsin where I do the Quick Slants podcast, which will start up as soon as training camp breaks with me, as always, of Packer Report is Mark Eckel And Mark... The news broke, I say broke, on Wednesday that the New York Jets will indeed be the team featured on this year's version of Hard Knocks training camp. Well, Mark Packer's president, Mark Murphy, broke that about a week ago. He did. I guess it was kind of officially stamped. The Jets themselves said they will be the team. Right. Well, Murphy, you knew Murphy wasn't making it up. Yeah, right. (laughs) Somebody told him, that'll be fun. That'll be real fun. Oh, I, 100%. I think it's must-see TV if, if you like that kind of stuff. And then there's going to be a bunch of fans and, and that are rolling their eyes. They're like, I'm not going to watch that at all. I don't care about that. I, I care about this year's Pat Green Bay Packers. But it is interesting how the NFL has – it seems like Mark Murphy has been kind of used to, to throw some things out there a little early. You know, the okay. Packers are on the radar. So, yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets – 
coming to training camp, and that'll happen in a couple weeks. And Mark, I I don't know about you, but this is that time of year where I just am like, please start camp. Like, just I want to talk about I want to talk about the team and the foot and the football, the actual well, players. We're, we're less than what? What are we? We're close. Two weeks. Not less than two. What, what's today? Today would be the. What, I don't even know what date it is. Thirteenth. Thirteenth. And camp opens like the twenty fourth, twenty fifth. Yeah, two weeks. So we're, we're less than two weeks away. Yeah, two weeks. It's we can we can we can do this. We got a couple shows where you and I can come up with some topics, and we're working on some things that might be a, a lot of fun for our listeners. I won't say anything yet because we don't have anything confirmed. But uh, you and I have talked about some stuff we could do right. before the season starts, or maybe even after the season starts too. But I like our topic for today, where we're going to talk about my biggest or it's I'm most confident in we're each going to give that in the Green Bay Packers for for this season and then I'm most worried about and we'll start with you Mark with your I'm most confident in and your choice I'm most confident in Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon hence the running game I think both of those guys are going to have big years I think the Packers I think the Packers are going to be the offense is going to look well it's obviously going to look different than it has in a long time because they're going to have a new quarterback for the first time in a long time but um, I think this team's going to be more run-oriented than we've seen in the past, which, which is a good thing for a, a first-time starting quarterback in Jordan Love. I think he'll rely on his two backs. And I think, you know, Aaron Jones, I mean, his, his numbers speak for themselves. The guy's had a heck of a, a career. You know, he just keeps moving up the Packers list of all-timers. You know, he's just he's, he is what he is. You know, he's, he, he gets the job done most weeks. A.J. Dillon in a contract year, I think we'll see, you know, I mean, his his future is determined will will be determined by how he performs in 2023, and you know if he has a if he has a big year, he's going to get big money if if not from Green Bay from another team somewhere. I mean, so so yeah, I'm I, I'm very confident that the Packers' running game with Jones and Dylan will will be among the best, if not the best, in the NFL. Today. And, and, and 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 let me just add this because I I put it all on Jones and Dylan, obviously. They can't do it alone. I think the offensive line that it's you know let's hope it stays it's healthy as we speak, and let's hope it stays that way. But back to Yari Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, either Tom or Neiman, or a little bit of both. However, they they spread it out. That's I think that's a pretty good offensive line too, especially the left side with with back to Yari and uh, Jenkins. So yeah, I think the, I think I think the offensive line is going to have fun run blocking and 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 opening holes and and watching Dylan and Jones you know get, get after some some opponents this year. I think they'll both be great. And Dylan, A.J. Dillon has to bounce back a little bit from what he did last year, regardless of whether he's going to be with this team long-term. Those two are the running backs this year. So if they stay healthy, then, yeah, I love the Green Bay Packers' run game. And in addition, in the passing game, you can get them oh, yeah, the more, you know, more, more action. I think this quarterback is going to be more amenable to spread the ball around a little bit more. Now, why you wouldn't you, – there was nobody not throwing the ball to Aaron Jones – Aaron Rodgers certainly did that too, but I think they'll get. I think there'll be more confidence in. Hey, you could you do some more things, checkdowns, and those those types of things. I think Jordan Love is going to be a little more willing to do that. Let's be honest; he's a young quarterback. I'm not going to sit sit here and say that he's just going to dump it off. But young quarterbacks do tend to check it down more often early on in their career. And so, in addition to Luke Musgrave, who's tight ends are a quarterback, young quarterback's best friend, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, it doesn't get it. It doesn't get much better. Than that, and I still think Aaron Jones is going to be good. Although, what's interesting, Mark, is he's approaching that threshold where running backs really drop off, even the good ones. And yeah. and he stayed in shape, and he's and obviously kept him. He's he's got a good head on his shoulders. He said good things mentally. He's he's very supportive of this year's team, and I think he is all into 
get him some. I mean, he wants to have a good season because if he's not going to be back with the Packers, then he's going to want to play somewhere else at some point. So he's got well, to play well. The thing with him, I mean, you're, and I agree that he is a, a pro, you know, at the age and all that, but he doesn't have the wear and tear of a lot of guys in that would be in his situation. Because if you remember, like he was all, he was early on, he was him and Jamal Williams split a lot of time. Mike McCarthy got, got criticized a lot for not using him more early on in no. his career. So that, and as it turns out, that might have, that might, Mike's not here anymore, but he may have done the Packers a big, these Packers a big favor, Matt LaFleur's Packers a big favor by, by not overusing him a lot early on in his career. And then even now with, with Dylan, like he's never been the only back. He, he's never been like a, a Saquon Barkley with the Giants, you know, or, uh, you know, I'm trying to think other teams, uh, Derrick Henry with Tennessee, where they were based, they're basically the guy. I mean, yeah, they have a backup, but it's, he's clearly the backup. You know, Jones has always had that second guy that, that got a pretty good amount of carries. That's the, the other thing. Matt LaFleur, how many times did he say, and I understand there's ebbs and flows in a game, so your, your game plan he doesn't necessarily come out very cleanly, but how many times did he say, we've got to get Aaron Jones the ball more? We should have given Aaron Jones the ball more. Right. And so obviously you want him to be the focal point. I mean, I think there's, uh, there's, there's metrics and stats that show when he touches the ball X number of times, the results are very good. And I still think that's going to be the case this season as well and make a bookmark of what I just said because you might hear that specific example come up a little bit later in the show a little tease well I'd like to know and we'll never know this for sure I don't think well we may but I wonder how many times Aaron Jones's number was called and the quarterback decided to throw the ball to Devontae Adams or throw the ball to Alan Lazard or throw the ball to somebody and you know checked out of a running play and went to a pass play Right. I'm I'm thinking more than we realize. Probably. Yeah, probably. I mean And I think when Matt LaFleur was saying we should have got Aaron Jones the ball more, he was talking to his quarterback. Yeah. No shortage so of just, we'll see. That's something yeah. that we'll we'll see and this is, I can't wait for this year. This is this year's gonna be the most one of the most interesting Packers seasons in a long time. So what's what are you confident in? Well I was gonna say there was no getting back to the Aaron Rodgers changing the play thing, there was no shortage of head games that Rodgers tried to play with the defense. And so I wonder if maybe taking a simplistic view and just saying, look, let's run our play and execute it well here instead of trying to outsmart everybody with hand signals and tricking everybody and still not making the play, does it become more effective? And obviously, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, two players that can certainly execute. And, and even if the defense is ready for it, they're still good enough to be productive. So mine is has a little bit of a caveat. So I'm going to go with the offensive line. I still, I think they're very good. I think the Packers have one of the one of the better offensive lines. I won't say the best, you know, but they have one of the better offensive lines in football. Obviously, they're not great in every position. I know there's some questions about what they do at center, but they've got enough players and enough guys that can play very effectively and be versatile on the offensive line. The caveat is, I don't want to be negative where it doesn't need to be inserted yet, but I just, I just say, listen, depending on how the season goes. Uh, you never know how things are going to develop with David Bakhtiari in some of the things that he's put out there where he's committed to playing on the Packers, but obviously he's the only one left. And all of his teammates have left. Mason Crosby's gone. Aaron Rodgers, obviously one of his better friend, best friends. I mean, they rode to training camp on the golf cart together is gone. So if they get midway through the season and they're, I don't know, three and five, for whatever reason, does David Bakhtiari start to check out? Does he request a trade? Obviously, that's going to impact the offensive line, and I don't want to not mention that and say that would be a huge change 
to the status of the offensive line. But if he's in and he's going to play and, he's, and stay healthy, then it's it's offensive line for me. I would have gone running back, but you had that already, so I chose something else. And to me, there's just so much youth on this team, Mark. Where else would I have been able to look? I mean, do you have like a 1A? I, I, it was hard to think of. Well, mine would have probably been offensive line, just like, like yeah. Because I, I kind of grouped it, grouped it together and just said the running game. But there's some other positions, I think, that are... Well, one of the positions that I thought of, but real quick, yeah. was... Maybe corner, but you got Eric Stokes, who's a question mark. It's because I have confidence in Russell Douglas and Jair Alexander, and Stokes is still a question mark. And Kayshawn Nixon, like he's he's at least a smart player that can make up for any lack of physical skills. But there's there's still some question marks there. Speaking of Kayshawn Nixon, I could have also said a kick returner, punt return, but you know you you never you never know what's going to happen there if the league is going to catch up with with the Packers in that way. But okay, what's your biggest worry? Well, my biggest worry. And again, there, there, I have a little caveat in a different way is is the pass rush. In today's NFL, that to me, that's the most crucial part of your defense. Yeah, your corners are important too. Obviously, you have to cover receivers and you got to stop the run. You got there's a lot of things that have to be done. But the NFL is a passing league, and the way to, to the best way to combat the the offense's p- passing game is to put the quarterback on his butt. You know, knock him down. Right. Not, I mean, not not just sack. I mean, sacks are great, obviously, but but hit him. You know. Throw him off his game, even if even if you you know force him to throw the ball away, force interceptions, do all kind. Pass rush is the most to me the most critical aspect of the defense, and I'm uh, my concern is we saw what happened when Rashawn Gary got got hurt last year. The Packers went from a pretty good pass rush, you know, top half of the league, if not top third of the league, maybe, to really struggling. Now they did they they spent their first round pick on a, on a pass rusher, but he's a rookie. So we don't know what we're going to get from Van Ness until we actually see him. I mean, hopefully he'll have a great rookie year, but we I don't know. I don't know that. Uh, Preston Smith, very solid, very consistent, but not not the not the, the guy. He's a good second guy. So a lot of my worry is wrapped around the health of, of Rashawn Gary. Now, now, will he be back day one? I don't think so. Will he be back by week three or four? I kind of hope so, but I don't know. You know, will he miss... Half a season? I hope not, but it's possible. Until we know, we don't know. So, and then when he does come back, is he going to be right where he left off and, and getting, you know, getting a sack a game late, like he was averaging and all that? Or will he, is the knee going to bother him? Is it going to take time? Again, all un- unknowns, which leads to my biggest concern. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you on that one. That's because it's the premium position of guys who throw the ball and guys who stop the guys who throw the ball. And so we just don't know what what the Packers are going to have and the depth and it's it's the depth is not too incredibly solid at this point right now. So yeah, if Rashad Gary is is going to be out longer, that's also one of the things I'm looking forward to when, when camp breaks is actually getting some of these updates on the injured injured players. Like how is Stokes doing? How's Rashad right. Gary doing? When are those guys going to be able to come back? There was some more conversation earlier this week just around the Packers shows and and. I think also some of the the analyticals as well too, who said once Rashad Gary got hurt against Detroit, there was obviously a massive drop off in what Green Bay was able to do defensively. I mean the the rush uh, the pressure rate for Green Bay. I mean they dropped down into like the bottom third. Yes. in the NFL. That, that, yeah, I didn't have the exact number, but that's what I was saying. They were you know mm-hmm. before he got hurt, they were one of the better pass rush mm-hmm. teams, and then without and they, again that's. It goes without saying, he's their best pass rusher. When you when you lose your best anything, it's going to affect. Now, and again, we don't give Joe Barry credit a lot, but with, even with that, the, the defense overall 
played better the second half somehow, some way, even without the the, the pass rush. But you can't count on that. I mean, you need a in this NFL, in today's NFL, you need to be able to get to the quarterback. And if Gary's healthy and back where he was, I'll be I'll be much re- relieved and 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 hopefully, like I said, Van Ness can contributes as a rookie. But you don't know. I mean, Rashawn Gary, we've just been talking about how great he. You know, if you remember his rookie year, he, you know, played sparingly. You know, and I don't, again, I think Van Ness will play more just because he has to. Has to, yeah. Um, you know, and then they had some other guys. You know, Kingsley and Gabari was, you know, showed some signs last year as a rookie. So, I, you know, I think he'll be out there some and, and, and get some work. Justin Hollins, uh, who they picked up about, about the middle of the way. I guess they picked him up after Gary got, got hurt. Did some nice things. So, but again, that's my my concern is that they the, the pass rush has to be better. You know, it, it, that 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 could kill them. If, you know, if quarterbacks sit back there all you know and have all day as good as the corners are, and I and I love the corners. You know, you can't cover for forever, and you know it's you know you you need to get fresh. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, goes without saying. Absolutely. And then that'll, and then that'll help everything else. You know, the, the, core, the secondary will perform better. Remember, the safeties. Darnell Savage, Rudy Ford, not lighting the world on fire. So you're going to have to give as much help as you can to that back end, and nothing, nothing better than the than the pass rush. Now it's obviously way too soon to to opine as to if the Packers might be able to do anything to add to the pass rush. I mean that would that would entail like some surprise cuts and things. We just have no clarity, and we have no right. idea what that would be. And if a team is moving on from a player at this point, then you know there's probably a reason for it as well. But yeah, that's that's absolutely a, a good one. That's that's a really good one. I would I would not disagree with that one. When you brought this topic up, though, my concern popped into my head immediately, and it's timely because our founder Andy Herman just did a show on this earlier this week. Uh, my biggest concern is the head coach Matt Lafleur, and it's not because I don't think Matt Lafleur is a good head coach or can be effective. I have all the faith in the world. He did lead three teams to a 13-win record. 
two NFC Championship game appearances, right? So there's no reason to not be confident in, in LaFleur. But Andy laid out some really good examples of times when Matt LaFleur has kind of overthought it, not thought about it enough, not gone with the obvious solution at times. There were a bunch of examples of offensive line. In the two playoff games, obviously, you had Rick Wagner, Dennis Kelly in back-to-back years. Wagner in 2020 in the NFC Championship game. You had to kind of scramble because David Bakhtiari gets hurt suddenly, which the team wasn't expecting. That was a really tough one, and you're playing Tom Brady and the Bucks, and they end up losing. Also, what I did not know, I don't know if you were aware of this, Mark, but apparently... Kevin King was not supposed to start that game because he was hurt. It was going to be Tremont Williams, and then King improved enough during the week that they started him and they played him because he had been out there, and obviously we know how that game went. There was a holding penalty. He had the touchdown to Scotty Miller at the end of the first half. The offensive line, the lineup in, in week one against Minnesota last year where Jake Hansen is out there, it's just absolutely befuddling decisions that have been made. Amari Rogers still returning punts with Kayshawn, and kickoffs with Kayshawn Nixon blocking for him when Kayshawn Nixon only was a Pro Bowl returner last year. I just, you know, Joe Barry coming back is, you know, whether you, you do or don't like that decision, there's plenty that questioned it. So I guess I say all of that to say that Matt LaFleur is not, not bulletproof and no head coach is, but he's made some, he's made some pretty big questionable decisions and then if you throw in kind of my last point it's Jordan Love's first year and Matt LaFleur former quarterback offensive coach I think he's very equipped to help Jordan Love have a successful season this year and hopefully not be terrible I I, when I say successful I guess that's relative depending on what you expect from him I don't expect Jordan Love to be playing the Pro Bowl but you can't if you're Matt LaFleur you cannot afford to screw up the season from from that standpoint with Jordan Love and and have him not perform well because you're making bad decisions in game. Uh, your your game plan goes south. Not using Aaron Jones enough. That's another one, right? I, I mentioned earlier. I would you bring that bring that up again. Not getting Aaron Jones enough touches, which, like you said, is something Mike McCarthy was also didn't do too. And I do do want to say throughout the, the ebbs and flows of a game that's that stuff can happen. But for me, it's it's Matt Lafleur, the head coach. I mean, there's a lot of things that can can turn this this thing south, and he's at the helm of the ship. When when you told me what when we we obviously you know talked prior to the to recording and you told me what yours was and I was like whoa okay I don't necessarily agree but I like your points I mean you're you're a hundred percent right in that if he doesn't if he does have a bad year then the team's gonna have a real bad year and he and uh, I, I I think he could survive one bad year he can't survive two more no but. I'm. I actually. I'm not as concerned as you are. I'm. I'm at. Well, let me say this. I'm anxious to see Matt Lafleur coach his team because mm-hmm. now this is his. Team. Not that. I mean, you, you can say, "What do you mean, his team? It was his team." No, it wasn't. It was Aaron Rodgers' team the last couple of years. Matt Lafleur could not control. He he had no control over Aaron Rodgers. Just like this guy in the, what's his name with the Jets, so Soleil. That's going to be a joke. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rodgers is right now. He's GM and head coach now. He's doing everything. So I mean. Like I said before, I don't like I don't know how many times Aaron Jones was supposed to get the ball and didn't because Aaron Rodgers changed the play. Fair. I'm guessing quite a bit. Fair. And I think that's why LaFleur would say stuff like we need to get Aaron Jones Aaron Jones the ball. Well, I mean when I when I when I would hear those quotes, I would kind of laugh a little bit, thinking like, Well, you're the guy calling the plays, right? Oh yeah, that's right. You call him but the quarterback changes him. Mm-hmm. So Love's not gonna have that uh, that 
I mean, I, I don't know. Well, I don't think Love's going to be able to, to change plays. I mean, every, well, every quarterback should be able to audible. Let's say that. Let, let me say that. If, if Love sees something at the line that he knows is go, you know, isn't going to work or something is, yeah, he should be able But I just think a young quarterback isn't going to abuse that power the way a veteran quarterback like Aaron Rodgers did. So from, the, from, from that standpoint, I'm anxious to see LaFleur run, like I said, his – it's his team now. It's his offense. I should say it's, it's his offense. I think one thing he does, and, and I'm, that's why I'm not going to blame him for Amari Rodgers being on, you know, kick, maybe again, I'm not there. I don't know all the ins and outs, but I think he delegates. I mean, I can't imagine that if Rich Basaccia wanted Nixon doing kickoff returns from, from day one, I think he would have been doing kickoff returns from, from day one. I think, I don't, I don't know if, if it was because Rodgers was already there or I, I don't know what I don't that that's a perplexing situation there like when you had you know although it's not like Nixon Nixon wasn't like a great returner when they got him he was more or less he was supposed to be a good special teams player like a you know a guy that made you know on cover teams and things like like that but it does fall but again bottom line is it does fall on so if he is delegating to his hit his assistants maybe he needs to stop doing that as much and, and, and make the call himself. I mean, it worked out, obviously, with Nixon. They did get him in there eventually and they helped turn the season around a little bit for him. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, there are, yeah, I, I, I like your take. I like, I do, I do. I don't, like I said, I don't, I'm not as, as concerned as you are, but your points are valid. But I'm looking forward to seeing how Matt LaFleur does without Aaron Rodgers. Well, the other question I have, too, and this is maybe a bit of a reach, but did Brian Gutekunst have anything to do with personnel? Oh, I hope not. You well, hope well, not, but I, I don't know. But I mean, like, who planned? No, I hope not. I, that's that's a dangerous territory. Now, I think Gutenkus picks the final 53, which is fine. He's general manager. A lot of general managers do that. I don't think – I mean, that's what happened in, that's what happened in Philly and why, why Doug Peterson is now the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars is Howie Roseman made all the decisions. And Peterson, you know, won a Super Bowl and still wasn't allowed to – say who, who who was going to be on his coaching staff or who was going to play a wide receiver or who was going to. So that's when, that's why that's how that fell apart. And Doug wound up leaving and, you know, a year later becoming the head coach of the Jaguars. So no, that that's, I hope not. I hope that's not the case. I hope not. I hope Gutenkunst isn't the one saying play Dennis Kelly at tackle or Keyshawn Nixon shouldn't, you know, or that, you know, Amari Rogers should be ahead of, I don't know. That's that's ooh, that's a bad bad thing. <laughs> I remember you telling me about that. That's why I brought it up, and I I don't think that's what's happening. But you never know. I mean, we could no, hear, you're right. You're we right. could hear after the fact that you know because sometimes when you get the actual version of the story years later, you're like, you got to be kidding me. I would have never expected that that was the case. But you don't know what's going on behind closed doors and who's involved in those decisions. It just seems I mean, to me Dallas, we know Jerry. Yes, has a big say. Right? Huge. I mean. And there, I mean, I, I use the Eagles because I know the Eagles, but um, there's probably a handful of teams where the general manager gets a little too involved. I'm hoping that's not the case in Green. I'm really not because I, again, let let the, you know, Gutenkunst does a good, let him handle the draft stuff and, and him and Russ Ball contract. Well, but let the coach has to decide. I mean, I'm big on that. The coach has to decide who plays and who doesn't play and who starts and who backs up and who's. And who's in the nickel and who's in that? Now that's the coach's job. That's not the general manager's job. It just isn't. I'm big. I'm. I don't care who your general manager is and who your head coach is. That's not the general manager. If if you don't trust your coach to do those things, 
then you get rid of him, get a coach that you do trust. Yeah, of course. And as Andrew Brandt has often said, once the season starts, the GM hands the keys over to the coaches, coaching yes. staff, and they start preparing for the 2024 and beyond. That's their job. But right, his, I mean, his job to me, the general manager's job, like you said, once this, yeah, give the keys to the coach, and yeah, and you're looking, you're scouring the waiver wire every day. You're you're already looking ahead to next year's draft. You're maybe looking at your who's you know should we extend this guy? Should we you know whatever? There's a million things. It's not like that he's bored. He has nothing to do for 20 weeks. <laughs> There's a lot for the general manager to do. But but you know doing the starting lineup is not one of them. That's the coach's job. As it you know, should be. I mean, accord and with with help from his now, it's up to Lafleur or whoever the head coach is to how much he he wants to delegate responsibility. I know. A lot of head coaches that, that I've dealt with, Andy Reid in, in particular, he he did not. Andy did not get involved in defense. I don't know about now, but when Jim Johnson was his defensive coordinator for for most of his time in Philly, Jim Johnson decided who played and who and what they did on defense. And you know, Andy might every once and again suggest something, but that, that's as far as it went. It was Jim Johnson's defense. And I think a lot of I think a lot of players. I mean, Mike Mike Holmgren. He let Fritz Shermer run his defense. I'm pretty sure Mike McCarthy let Capers and I guess Penton at the end. You know, so yeah, that that I have no problem with that aspect of it. But the general manager can't get involved in those kind of things. Well, one of my things, one of the things as a backup that I was going to say about confident is Rich Bisaccia, right? Like special teams. Like his his coaching ability, but then you bring up a good point about how he had to have also been there and seen that that Rod Amari Rogers is struggling. Kayshawn Nixon's on the roster. He's played with Kayshawn before. He had to have an inkling that Kayshawn could play, and it would it would be highly it would be really interesting if he had said like, "Hey, I think we should give Kayshawn a chance here earlier than the Dallas game, which was halfway into the season." And Matt Lafleur would have just said, "No, we're going to stick with Amari because he's here. He's our third rounder or whatever." And so maybe that is on on Bisaccia as well. I mean, there's a lot of intriguing things with this team this year that could go one way or the other. That's obviously why I think it's it's an ex- more exciting than usual season. Not from the standpoint of like, oh, wake me up when January comes around and the playoffs start. We're not. We unfortunately are. Uh, those days are gone now. I mean, they can still make the playoffs, but it's certainly not a given like it used to be before. But there's a lot of a lot of intrigue, and I think we'll learn a lot about this team now that. Rodgers is gone and co- you know the coaches are going to have to do their part you can't he can't make up for some of these these other things although last season he didn't make up for much anyway between him his broken thumb and some of the other issues that he had there as well but I I don't know if there's any other as we've been talking I don't know if there's any other concerns or any other confidences that have popped up for you I mean the obvious concern <laughs> yeah. is is injuries we don't know what those are though well, yeah. so we might as well you know not worry about that right now but well, my, let's, one more thing about LaFleur and his decisions and him going forward is, now there are some people that I've talked to, you know, guys, guys in the league or whatever, who think LaFleur is going to fail and that Rodgers, he only won, like you said, he, you know, he had the 13 win seasons that he only, that, that, that was all, that it was all Rodgers and that he's going to, without Rodgers, he's going to fail and he's going to be gone in a year or two. I'm not in that. I'm not in that camp. I'm not. I think I think LaFleur is pretty good. I, I I'm like, like I said. I'm anxious to see him actually. I'm actually. I'm, I'm anxious to see the Packers run the offense that he wants run. Run the plays that he actually calls. I'm anxious to see Love throw to the guy that's open and not his good friend. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest. Rodgers at the end became made some great. Still made great plays because he's a great talent. 
but he did something like you can't tell me Matt LaFleur called that that when they were at the one yard line that Matt LaFleur said, yeah, let's let's throw to David Bakhtiari here. No, and that's Remember that the, play? That, I do. And line? that's that's the frustrating thing about you There's think no about way. that Matt LaFleur didn't throw no, that up. No. The throw was so bad. Oh, that too. He hit the guy. Hit the guy the it's like if you're going to run the play, like at least he did everything bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. It, uh, I'm looking. I And again, maybe maybe Matt LaFleur's offense won't look good. Maybe his play calling won't be won't be good. We don't know. I want it, but I want to see it with a quarterback that's going to do what he's asked to do and not what he wants to do. Right. No, I, I agree with that. I mean, imagine what it would be like. If you were Matt LaFleur and you had limited ability to respond to Aaron Rodgers doing that, making that change and how badly it turned out and you just lost seven points and then you lose a game that ended up mattering. the playoffs. Yeah, it ended up mattering. That was the difference between being over 500 and making the playoffs. Yep. Or not. And imagine you, imagine you can't respond to that. Now this year, that weight is lifted off your shoulder. And like you said, this is Matt LaFleur's team finally. But remember, as I've said many times, and I said it, Last season on this show and on Quick Slants, whether you agree with me or not is fine, but it starts at the top, and that's Matt LaFleur. So Matt LaFleur has one less excuse now. He doesn't have Aaron Rodgers to help him out. Now, Rodgers sometimes hurt more than helped. I get that, but he's still a Hall of Fame quarterback and made oh, some pretty yeah, good plays. Right. You're not yeah. going to, you know, you're, you're, Matt LaFleur's colors are, are going to either shine or not shine this season, for sure. Yep, I agree. I agree 100 and like I said, I don't want. I mean, I know people listen and say, "Man, Mark's killing Rodgers." I'm not. I mean, I'm just stating what we know to be true. I mean, like I said before, Rodgers made some great, great, great plays. I'm sure there were calls that he changed, and they worked out great mm-hmm. as well. I'm not saying that every. I'm not saying every time Rodgers changed a play, it it, it was a it, it failed. I'm sure some of the some of his great plays were changed were plays that he may have you know audible out of, audible out of. But that's besides the point. I like we've been saying. I want to, this will be Lafleur. I want to see Lafleur do what what he wants to do, and we'll see it first. I mean, you know, it's tough for a young head coach being a head coach for the first time, coming in with a quarterback that's been there forever, that's already in a you know a Super Bowl MVP. About you know, and Ireland. Let's be honest. Like as Mark Murphy so brilliantly, or I think he he quoted Ted Thompson as we say, Aaron Rodgers is a complicated fellow. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's. Let's be honest. Aaron Rodgers is not the easiest guy in the world to coach. No, right? Can no. we agree on that? No, he's he's not the easiest player, guy in the world. Period. You know, great player, great, great, great player. I'm sure Mike McCarthy and and Matt Lafleur were thankful to have had him, and and he did some great things and won a lot of games for them. But he's not these. I mean, I think Patrick Mahomes is an easy quarterback to coach without being there. But I just he seems like. He does what Andy tells him, and it works out great. Yeah, it was I'm that, not sure you know what that remind that you is. know what that reminds me of is uh, when Holmgren, Mike Holmgren, was oh. coaching the Packers. Yes. Now you had even Favre, as wild and crazy as he was, he had to fall in line, or otherwise it was going to be a problem. Like Mike Holmgren had control of that team. Now Matt Lafleur yes. doesn't have that same personality and and command, but he well, can Favre still be young he, then too. See now, Favre ran all over Mike Sherman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. Again. Holmgren had a young Favre who he molded in a sense, you know. Um, now you remember the story, I'm sure, where they were about to bench Favre and go with Mark Brunel. Yes. At one point, yeah. Holmgren asked all the coaches that they all voted, and it was like six to one or six or whatever it was to let's go with Mark. And Holmgren's like, I'm going to give him one more chance. 
And then Favre went out and played great that game, and they won, and they it never happened. But um, yeah, I mean, Favre used to make Holmgren nuts mm-hmm. <laughs> early on, but then he molded him. But then when 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 Holmgren left, and with Ray Rhodes for a year, and then Mike Sherman, Favre Favre became uncoachable. Mm-hmm. I mean, he 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 didn't pay attention to Mike Sherman. Right. Yeah. Mike McCarthy. And then McCarthy, to his credit, kind of reigned far back in. Reigned him in for one, at least, you know, hey, you had a really good 07, and then they traded him. And then he retired, and they traded him. So. Yeah, then he, yeah, right. So. But you're, yeah, I mean, but, it's, it's, but, but no, to your, your, I, th- I think your takes are, I think your, your points are, well, you know, when they're facts, then there's, there's not much to dispute there. That's, that's, it's factual. I mean, Aaron Rodgers' body of work with the Green Bay Packers is in the past now. It's known. There is no more. Yep. We don't know. And so anything you're speaking about is stuff that actually happened. And, yeah, I don't think you're going to be seeing any options to the left tackle this season coming from Jordan Love to Bakhtiari or whoever it is that's playing out on the end. Oh, but... Zach, Zach Tom has pretty good hands, but I'm kidding. <laughs> now, we've, we've seen plenty of stories about – defensive lineman, offensive lineman, and maybe trying to convert to tight end or stuff like that. But it rarely does it turn out to be no. a thing. This this was a good one. This was a fun one. I enjoyed doing this. And, and these are the, the ones that kind of, again, give us a peek into how we're, what we're, how we frame what the 2023 Packers are going to look like. We'll have more obviously to work with once they start practicing and <laughs> we see what's happening there. And thankfully fingers crossed, everybody stays healthy and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, this this was a good one. Uh, we can keep it short this week. What uh, what is up over at Packer Report, and what's coming up now is a story about the defensive line. Uh, I've been doing like a position by position, kind of look at the different things. And my question on the defensive line is: Do they need to add a veteran? If not, if not, maybe not now per se. Let's see what the young, but maybe by the end of camp and when or when cuts happen. Basically, or is this is the line a little too young right now? Is, is what I ask. And then coming soon, we'll be up tomorrow, Friday. The story on the inside linebackers and the point of that story is going to be this might what was a weakness for a long time in Green Bay may have become a strength. Yeah, definitely. And the defensive line is a position where, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like every year there's there's a guy or two that ends up being out there late in training camp or that yep. doesn't end up like making the team where that's a that's a position that's a little bit easier to, to fill than others. Right. I agree. Yeah, especially in a three four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't need like a superstar. You need a guy to just go out there and, you know, make some play, you know, do some, take some snaps, basically. And an insert joke, and I'm totally kidding when I say this, but the Packers aren't as young as you think because Devontae Wyatt's already, what, 28 years old as a second year <laughs> player because he was older. Actually, I think he's only 24, 25. But yeah, yeah no, that, that'll be good. That'll be good, good stuff. So we'll be back at it again next week with another fun topic of some sort. In the meantime, everyone, thanks for riding along with the Thursday edition of the Packaday podcast. Hope everybody's summer is treating them well. Hang in there. Only two more weeks till Packers football. Take care of yourself. Enjoy the weekend. And as always, go Pack Go. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.